It's Wednesday, January the 6th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Georgia's Senate runoff and Hong Kong's pro-democracy crackdown. First, the world in brief. Counting is underway in Georgia, where two runoff elections will decide which party holds power in America's Senate. With around 95% of votes logged, Raphael Warnock, a Democrat, held the lead in one race, while the other was neck and neck. Democrats need to win both seats to take control of the chamber. No Democrat has won a Senate race in the state in two decades. The final result may not be known until midday local time, election officials suggested. Meanwhile, Muriel Bowser, the mayor of Washington, D.C., called in the National Guard ahead of expected protests by supporters of President Donald Trump today, when a congressional vote will confirm Mr. Biden's victory in November's election. As many as 50 pro-democracy politicians and activists were arrested in Hong Kong. This is the biggest crackdown yet under harsh national security laws imposed by China in June. Those arrested had been involved in organising an unofficial primary in which over 600,000 Hong Kongers voted for pro-democracy candidates ahead of legislative elections last September. Those elections have since been postponed. An American human rights lawyer was also reportedly arrested. Qatar buried the hatchet with four other Gulf states, ending three years of diplomatic cold shouldering and an air, sea and land blockade. In 2017, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Bahrain and Egypt cut ties with Qatar for allegedly supporting terrorism. They demanded, among other things, that Qatar shut down its Al Jazeera news network. After Kuwaiti and American mediation, those demands have now quietly been shelved. In his latest attempt to turn up the heat on China before he leaves office, Mr Trump sought to ban Americans from making transactions on several Chinese apps, including Alipay and WeChat Pay. In an executive order, the president claimed that the applications could capture vast swaths of information from users' devices and thus pose a national security threat. France promised to accelerate its COVID-19 vaccination programme and administer jabs to people over 75 who are not in care homes and carers and firemen older than 50. Pompiers are often first responders. Only 7,000 French citizens have been inoculated so far. Germany, despite administering around 266,000 shots, also stands accused of slacking. It extended its lockdown for a further three weeks. And a pharmacist in Wisconsin confessed to tampering with more than 500 doses of a COVID-19 vaccine developed by Moderna because he believed them to be unsafe. Stephen Brandenburg, a self-confessed conspiracy theorist, told a court that he thought the vaccine could change people's DNA and that he deliberately removed vials from their refrigerated storage and let them spoil overnight. And now, here's today's agenda. Crowing counts. Certifying Joe Biden's win. Vice President Mike Pence will preside over a joint session of Congress today, at which the state's electoral votes will be counted. Usually this event passes without incident, but usually losing incumbent presidents do not attempt a coup to stay in power. Since the election, President Donald Trump and his allies have filed 61 lawsuits to overturn the results and have lost all but one. The extravagant claims of fraud and manipulation that they make on Twitter and television evanesce in court, where they have to provide actual evidence. Today, at least a dozen Republican senators and as many as two-thirds of the House Republican caucus plan to object the results. Each objection signed by a senator and congressman halts the joint session so each chamber can debate the objection for up to two hours. The ultimate outcome today is not in doubt. Joe Biden won the election. 
but it could take a while to get there. Waiting game. The EU considers the Moderna vaccine. The European Medicines Agency convenes today to try to conclude discussions on whether to approve the COVID-19 vaccine developed by Moderna, an American drug maker. The EU's drug regulator has already approved a jab made by Pfizer and BioNTech, but in a meeting on Monday failed to reach a decision on Moderna's. Europe's vaccine rollout is lagging behind. America's Food and Drug Administration endorsed Moderna's shot for emergency use on December 18th. Canada approved it almost a week later. Britain is already administering two vaccines, Pfizer-BioNTech's one and another by AstraZeneca and Oxford University. Pressure has piled on the block to move faster. Several European countries have extended their lockdowns amid soaring infections and the rapid spread of more contagious variants of the coronavirus. If Moderna's vaccine is approved, up to 160 million doses will become available, enough for 80 million people. But if discussions fail again, a third meeting will be held on January 12th. Europeans are waiting. Cold reception. An oil auction in the Arctic. More than 60 years after Dwight Eisenhower established the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge in the Arctic Circle, the federal government will today unveil bids to drill for oil there. In August, President Donald Trump's administration announced it would open more than 1 million acres of the refuge in Alaska to oil companies. Mr Trump's deputies are now racing to award leases before Joe Biden's inauguration. However, companies may decide not to bid. Estimates of the oil resources beneath the refuge range wildly, from 4.3 billion to 11.8 billion barrels. Drilling in Alaska is also expensive. High costs and ageing fields ensured that the state's oil output in 2018 was less than a quarter of that in 1988. Low oil prices and a torrent of lawsuits make drilling in the refuge particularly unattractive. In December, an Alaskan Economic Development Agency voted to authorise a state bid of up to $20 million in case companies demur. Erdogan's Rectors Leave them kids alone Protests at Bogazici, one of Turkey's most prestigious universities, are expected to continue today, following President Recep Tayyip Erdogan's decision to appoint one of his loyalists as the school's rector. On January 4th, students greeted the incoming rector, Meli Bulu, a member of the ruling Justice and Development Party, with a chorus of boos demanding his resignation. True to form, police treated the protesters with rubber bullets and tear gas and detained at least 16 of them in pre-dawn raids the following day. Mr Erdogan's meddling is not a one-off. He claimed the power to appoint university rectors following a failed coup against him in 2016 and has sought to reshape Turkish academia along nationalist and religious lines. Thousands of academics have been sacked or investigated on terrorism charges. Mr Erdogan has complained about Turkish universities' low international rankings. The solution is staring him in the face. The Virtual Science Economists' Annual Chimwag Economists usually start the year by gathering with 10,000 or so colleagues for the meetings of the American Economic Association. Last year, the event was dominated by debates over diversity in the field. Thanks to the pandemic, this year began with an experiment, a massive online conference which concluded on January 5th. Over Zoom, scholars presented hundreds of papers, many studying COVID-19 and its consequences. And the event itself offered some valuable lessons on a cloud-based economy. Productivity surely rose. 
presentations ran on a tight schedule and were recorded for later viewing. Forcing participants to submit questions by text rather than orally all but eliminated the dreaded this is more of a comment than a question interjections. Missing though were the casual conversations and networking opportunities that spark ideas. It is not yet clear how much of next year's conference will be virtual, but the answer is sure to be worthy of economic analysis. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Theodore Roosevelt, who died on this day in 1919. For weal or for woe, the peoples of mankind are knit together far closer than ever before. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.